Hey, MOPS leaders, this is Kendall Parkhurst, and welcome to our Connections podcast. I'm excited about our episode today because I'm joined by author and speaker Carol Kirkendall. And in full disclosure, Carol also happens to be my mom. So hi, Mom. Hi, Kendall. <laughs> um, my mom is really a big part of why I love MOPS and have been working there for several years now because she worked at MOPS International for many years during what I would say is really the formative and kind of foundational years of growing the ministry from something small to being international. And in that time, you've authored and co-authored, let's see, nine books? Nine books with Elisa Morgan. Yeah, and so, um, you know, those can still be found in local thrift stores and garage sales, and they are, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, they are actually, really, they are gems and really good books. But Carol has obviously um, a deep heart for MOPS and the ministry of MOPS, and then uh, she is the, let's see, mentor coordinator for the group that right. I'm a coordinator in. So we get to lead MOPS together and see how this ministry is truly changing lives. But what we're talking about today with Carol is um, a little bit different. It's the power of story. Um, in the last 10 years at our church, my mom uh, started a ministry called Stories. Tell us a little bit about that, Carol. Stories is a ministry that is the has been the safe place in our church to bring people, especially who might not have come to church for any other reason. In that way, it's very much like a MOPS group. You, It's an outreach to people who are not familiar with the Bible necessarily uh, and just want to come and hear a story. So through that ministry, the power of story has been a way to connect with people and to gently tell people that Jesus is the source of our hope. So you can see that through doing that, also it has a real application to what we do in MOPS. Right. So you're going to share with us today sort of what you've learned through the years, really studying this idea of story, Um, you know, through going to conferences. I know you've been to a lot of Donald Miller conferences, Brene Brown. Well, the power of story is so important in a MOPS group because when you think about it, a MOPS group is a ministry of mom-to-mom relationships. And stories are about challenges that we share with each other and the ways... Uh, We have a few of those. Yes, we do. (laughs) Well, that's the whole point is that moms in MOPS share so many common challenges. So the way to build relationships is to level the playing field and realize it doesn't matter what you, who you are, where you came from, what kind of life story you bring. The fact is in this season of life, we share such so many common challenges. So a story is really basically about challenges. The three elements of a good story are a character, which is you, sharing a challenge, which we all probably have similar challenges, and reaching some kind of change by navigating through that challenge. And so that is so applicable to a group of moms because we all do have so many, you all do, I should say now, but you have you share so many of the same challenges. So just think about it. There are the funny challenges that you have that, you know, how did you get to mops that morning? You had to go through so much just to get everyone in the car and get to mops. And then there are painful challenges. And I think in a mops group, I think of, for instance, miscarriages, a silent challenge that so many moms have shared. And then there are faith challenges, but the faith challenge being how did how did faith help you with your challenge? And this is such a good way for us to tell our stories about 
Jesus being the source of our hope and the uh, way that we we are helped through our challenges by seeing things through Jesus's eyes. So you can see how story is a very powerful form of communication. Well, yeah, and you just you basically just summed up the mops experience that. Um, you know, we come in, I see mops as two things that is really our niche, that we are bonded because we are moms. And the other thing is we hope to point a finger towards Jesus. Those are the two things I hope our mops group is doing for every mom, giving women a place to come in and feel known, to feel safe. Um, but we only, we really feel known when people know our stories. Right. When I think of my very closest friends, it's people I have history with who already know my stories people that could could reference a story from 10 years ago because they lived through it with me and they and they listened to it. And so I think, you know, those what you just told us is exactly what we're looking for in a mops setting that we are bonded over our momness. <laughs> um, but through getting to know each other and bonded through our momness, we can also tell the stories of the source of our hope in our life. I think of the experience as a mentor being at a table. And there's this experience where you are sharing with each other in the beginning, very, very uh, surface. Kind of lighthearted. Of, yeah, like I, ha- I have three children, and I live in North Boulder, and I am a single mom. And so, you know, that's just a very surface one. But maybe as you get to know each other a little bit better and people are more comfortable with each other, they share, I'm not only a single mom with three children, I need to tell you that my two-year-old is making me crazy right now, and I feel like a total failure as a mom. So that's kind of, you know, as time goes on. A little more vulnerable. A little more vulnerable. A little more risky. Right. And then maybe you get to a point a little bit later where you say, I'm a single mom, and I live in North Boulder with three kids. And I have to tell you that I grew up as a preacher's kid, and I totally rejected faith until I became a mom. And now I'm having some issues. And so you start talking about these things on a much deeper level. The deepening of a relationship takes time and it takes vulnerability. And if the leader, the discussion group leader and the mentor mom at the table begin to share at a deeper level, it's contagious. And moms start feeling like, wow, if you can tell that kind of story, maybe I can too. And it just really makes a difference in the depth of a relationship. Well, and that's what we're hoping at MOPS, that, you know, around those discussion group tables um, in the conversations as people tell their story, if if I'm willing to be vulnerable, I say that it's okay to say those things. Right. Because a lot of times women at our group will say, I didn't even know you could talk like that in a church, you know, but that is our hope. And so it's both around the tables, but also for us as leaders. I know that we take the opportunity in our group um, every year to kind of whatever the theme is. So last year we did... um, the brave tiger, which for whatever reason, um, was our fierce flourishing. Right. And you passed the tiger. We passed the tiger. So what we would do is at the end, you know, you would say, who wants the tiger next meeting? And it gave people the chance to say, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to risk vulnerability, but I'm going to be known. And I'm going to make this a place where we can talk about these things. And they would share their story this year for the theme. We're doing, um, starry eyed stories. And both leaders and, you know, women who come to our group have the opportunity to take a turn at each meeting. And while we love having our speakers, there is something about that peer-to-peer sharing, mom-to-mom, woman-to-woman, to to get up and say something out loud. And these don't always have to be, like, deeply traumatizing stories for women. Sometimes they are. But sometimes we we just tell the story of a mom, just the day in the life of a mom. 
And that is what bonds us. Because I remember, Kendall, one of those stories was the, the tagline, I just forgot that lunch was something that happens every day. And it was one mom's struggle with just coming up with lunch every day. But it was a funny story. But we've also touched into very deeper stories about depression. Mm-hmm. And one mom told her story about how hard it was to make friends. For so many of us, we have an experience and we feel sad about it or we have a response, but we stuff it inside of us. And if someone tells a story and we access that place, we're more we're more apt to want to tell that story ourselves. Well, and what you just said uh, really calls the listener into action as well. Um, story, what I love is it involves community. There's a storyteller and there's a listener for mm-hmm. it to really be taking place. And I think at our MOPS groups, it's so important for us as well to think when you're the listener, are you a good listener? Do you enter into that story with empathy? Do you really try to take on the exact emotions that that woman was going through? And I think um, for most of us to really be able to lean in and listen, not be waiting for a chance to one-up their story or fix their story or tell them how to do it, just simply listen. I know you and I have talked about this, Mom, when um, sometimes I'll call you and I just need to vent. And all you do is say, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, and you're not even really saying anything back. And at the end of the conversation, I'll say, all right, well, thanks for talking this through with me. <laughs> and I haven't said a word except, right. uh-huh. But it feels there's something about putting it out there, bringing something to light, saying it out loud, that actually it, it dissipates, like it loses some of its darkness. It loses some of its power over us when we're willing to state something out loud. Well, and we feel understood, and that's what the relationship building is. You're not... I hope that as a mom, I wouldn't criticize you for feeling the way you do. And when we're talking mom to mom around a table, we don't ever want to correct them, say, well, have you ever thought of doing this? We really just want to listen because that's what they need most at that point. If they're telling a story that has has really come out of a place in their life, what they need is to feel understood. So that's the important part of being the listener in that case. Well, that reminds me of a quote I love by David Augsburger. He says, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. So just listening makes someone feel loved. Mm -hmm. Someone who says, I see you, I hear you. I understand. And that's all you really even have to say. Yes. And that's what they're realizing is that their table is a safe place to tell their story and be understood. So that's very important. And another part of this is that in telling our story, we're helping someone else, as she thinks of her story, to put her thoughts into words. And that's one of the hard challenges of storytelling is that we, like I said, we stuff some of our responses to our experiences because we don't think it's valid or we're scared to commit that to to um, the public yeah, you don't want to admit it. You don't want to admit Once it. Once you put it out there, you can't yeah. take it back. Yeah, so we are those people who stuff it. But when someone else helps us access that place, we begin to put those feelings into words, and we make it our story, and we eventually tell our story. Mm-hmm. And so by putting thoughts into words, it's a really important part of storytelling. I like to think of it as almost like a dot-to-dot picture, that as you connect the dots, one, two, three, and four, and then you finally finish the picture and you've got this form there, you have, you have told your story, you have put, you've processed your story, I guess I should say, and that makes it easier to tell it, and then it becomes like a form of 
really good therapy. Mm -hmm. Well, and like you said, it does help us process. Um, you know, for for so many of us, I guess that's why people journal. You know, when you have to when you have to really sort through, and it does take work. And so many of us oh, as busy moms, we don't even we feel numb to this, and we think, oh, I don't have time or energy for that. But the truth is, we are spending that same energy in our heads most of the time, thinking bad thoughts. Things that aren't even really true, unless we're willing to do the work and put some health back to those mm -hmm. thoughts, it really is like therapy. I know a woman who went to therapy um, to kind of get through some post-traumatic syndrome things, some things that had happened to her, and the therapist said, keep telling the story. Keep telling it. Keep going back through the details. And that almost seems opposite of what we want to do. Like you said, we stuff things because we're like, why would I go back to that? But in fact, we give freedom um, to our hearts and to our souls when we put it out there. What I think, too, Kendall, is that we're really uh, allowing God to work in us and through us and see the his purposes in our stories, in sharing our stories and processing our stories. There's a quote that uh, I really like that was the foundation of the stories ministry we had at our church, is if we are going to be used by God he will take us through a multitude of experiences that make us useful in his hands. That's so important, a multitude of experiences that make us useful in his hands. And that comes out of the stuff of our everyday lives, the funny stuff that became a challenge because it just about put you over the top, or a really hard thing. And uh, as we offer those up and, and share them around a table, God uses those and speaks through them in a way that helps us become hope bringers to someone else sitting beside us. So what would you say to the leader listening who thinks, that's all great, I have no story, I have nothing, I can't think of a single thing I would share with someone else to bring hope or perspective? That's such a common response, and I think a lot of us feel that way because we don't have this dramatic story about um, a car accident on the way to mops and, and somebody showed up and helped you out. It doesn't have to be that kind of a dramatic story. I like to tell storytellers that our our stories come out of the stuff of our lives. And there's a way you can sort of uh, alert your awareness to see the stories in your life. For instance, challenge yourself tomorrow to be aware of those times that you notice your emotional reactions to something. So you notice... What t makes you tear up? What makes you cry? What makes you laugh? What makes you angry? All of those things that, that trigger some emotional response, pause long enough to say, what's this about? And if you're doing it uh, in a day-long challenge, keep a journal piece of paper somewhere handy and just mark down those times you teared up when your child said something to you that really touched a place Mommy, I need you to listen to me, or something. And spend a little bit of time, sometime in the quiet time of your day, which yeah. never yeah, exists right. until the middle of the night, but uh, thinking about what was that really about. Well, I, I like what you're saying there, because everything we've said so far is about the storytelling. You know, it's already happened, and I'm going to tell you about it. But what you're calling us to is bringing almost purpose. When, when we're looking for our story, we become aware in the moment of the character, who's us, the challenge, which is all these triggers you're talking about. Anything that triggers an emotional response in us shows that there's some challenge we're about to walk through. But that empowers us that we have a choice. 
in how we choose to move through it and hopefully towards change. So that actually brings a lot of purpose to me um, as a mom who, like I said, a lot of my stories would be just more those internal victories, <laughs> those choices of attitude, those choices of response in my day-to-day. And so I like, too, that that's not just about the to- storytelling on the other side of it. It's the purpose it brings us in our days as we move through the challenges. To notice things. I like to think of the um, intermingling of your leadership uh, challenges along with being a mom. And so if you see this awareness exercise as a leadership challenge and you really commit to it and and in leadership maybe you, you talk about it that you're sharing, we're learning how to tell our stories better so that it can be contagious around tables and moms learn to tell their stories better. So if you will stop and do this for a few days where you stop to write down an emotional response and then dig around in it a little bit, you're really practicing a leadership skill that will help you as a communicator, help you lead your mops group, help you encourage moms to do the same thing so that they're deepening their relationships by being courageous enough to be more vulnerable about the times that they don't feel like a great mom. Well, I think it challenges me, too, to think, when I have to ask myself throughout the day, like, what's really going on there? Let's stop and look. Wait, what's really at the, you know, at the base of this? What's the foundational thing that's setting me off? Because a lot of times, you know, it's not the very thing. I, it's right. been an accumulation of things. But if I can get to the, the core of it, what that also makes me do is when I'm listening as an empathetic listener, I can say, wait a minute, what's really going on there with that person? And it also reminds me that, Usually I make assumptions about people Mm -hmm. before I've really heard their story. And I think in a MOPS group especially, it is so important for all of us to know we all have a story or stories um, that have led us to this place of where we are or why we might feel a little guarded in certain areas. And I have learned this time and time again in my own life that I sometimes make um, assumptions about people I've met. And I think I'm such a good judge of character. And when it comes down to it, once I find, and maybe that person bugs me a little bit, if I'm right. honest, yeah. and I think, oh, she's so, she irritates me or whatever it is, and then I hear her story, and so many things are answered, and I think, oh gosh, I had it all wrong. You know what I would say about that, Kendall, is that if you stopped and said, wait a minute, what's really going on here in yourself? It's usually about say, me. Yeah, and say, <laughs> what it, I'm having this emotional response to this other person. What is this really about? And then you sort of turn it around and you begin to see that what about her do I need to get to know? Because I've done this before. And I, if I ask myself, whoa, wait a minute, and pause long enough to say, what is going on here? And uh, even do my arrow prayer, Lord, show me something about this person that, that you love. Mm-hmm. It just helps me. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say about the Mother's Day if you're marking things off as you go through the day, pause long enough to say, what matters most here? And really dig into that because you're having emotional responses to the frustration of dealing with a two-year-old who won't stop asking questions. Uh, What's most important here? And you can dig through the challenge sometimes by just asking yourself that question. Well, and that empowers us too to, like I said, a lot of it is looking back and telling the story that already happened. What you're helping us think through is telling our best story, living our best story. Mm -hmm. Because the accumulation of our days and minutes and hours, that's our story. But what you're saying is in the moment, sometimes realign our priorities, realign our perspective so that we are moving towards our best story. 
And I said that one of my challenges when I remember being the mom of a Kendall who did ask those endless questions or whatever the two-year-old moment, Kendall was a very strong-willed child, and that, that has served her well as an adult. Can I say all these things? Is Absolutely. That a, uh, you can't wait to hear what I'm still going to say about you. <laughs> anyway, that to pause long enough, I had my own pausers, and it would be... I called them breathing prayers, but I would pause long enough just to inhale and exhale. But I love thinking of, you are the air I breathe, God. And so if I stopped long enough just to take a deep breath in and exhale it, it was really a a reminder about what matters most here and helped me get through that moment. But those are the moments that can become stories. So everyone has those in their day. And as leaders, if you learn to share those at your table or up front, you are really giving an example of this is what matters here at MOPS, is that we share our stories with each other. Well, and the difference between sharing a story around a MOPS table and just telling people this is how you get your kids sleep through the night, those are received very differently. Um, nobody likes, especially in a MOPS group where we all are very passionate at, about our opinions on mothering. Our way of mothering. Right. We and know so it. <laughs> we really need to be careful of that in a MOPS group, unless we've brought in a speaker who is a professional to share their opinion on something with a little bit more of a how-to style. Um, our job as, as fellow moms and leaders is to just simply share what we know through our own experience. This is the way I do it. And you just tell your experience, and you don't expect them to do it the same way. You're just really sharing a reflection of how you got that baby to sleep through the night. Without opinion or judgment so much. Right. You know, I think different levels of friendship can handle different levels of that, but um, at least in our mops tables, the idea of just sharing a story is so non-threatening, especially when it comes to faith. We as leaders are the hope bringers, and so what we want to do is share a very common challenge we have, and especially when you are home thinking about these things, about being a storyteller, ask, what about my faith helps me through this challenge? And if you can find those everyday challenges and the everyday ways you count on Jesus to help you through a challenge, you are coming up with a story that really reflects the purpose of mops, encouraging a mom and showing them that faith helps you through the challenges. And I would actually say, like you you just said, Carol, that we, we should be thinking ahead about these sorts of things, being very intentional, so that we have an answer, um, a story to give in times uh, that we want to show how Jesus is real in our life. You know, often the Spirit will help us in the moment, but I don't think it's a bad thing to think ahead and look at some of the different um, areas that you would share. So I would encourage leaders together at leadership team meetings to talk about the importance of sharing our stories and just have a, a time around your leadership team meeting table where you share periodically share stories that uh, show how faith has helped you through a mothering challenge. I've been helped by learning from Brene Brown And she's known for her work in vulnerability and empathy and courage and shame, and they all do go together. But one of the quotes I've held on to is she says that one of the bravest things we can do as moms, as women, as mops leaders, one of the bravest things we can do is own our own story and love ourselves in the process. And what that means is don't be ashamed of your story. Don't compare your story with someone else's story or your style 
with someone else's style. Be uniquely you, the person God has made you, and the challenges he has given you in your life, and share those stories. Own it. Own your story. And uh, love yourself through the process. Don't let that negative self-talk change who you are or change your story or change your style in telling the story. Own your story. And I, I think it's um, wise to be aware also that when you do share your story, um, it's easy to feel mostly vulnerable afterwards. Brene Brown calls that a vulnerability hangover. That You Love go, it. oh my gosh, what did I just tell about myself? Well, and I know I've shared up front in front of my MOPS group many times my own um, kind of ongoing struggle with depression and anxiety, and I want to control how people would see me right. in certain ways. So the minute I admit that, I kind of want to take it back because I think, oh my gosh, I don't want anyone to change the way they think of me or perceive me. And I have a lot of, you know, that feeling of regret afterwards because sometimes I'll put something out there that I feel strongly about in the moment. And then later on I think, oh shoot, why did I say that? Maybe I shared too much. Um, and I, I actually believe that's sort of uh, Satan's tool in our lives as well to keep us from being vulnerable right. and helping people um, see the, the redemption side of things. But um, just to be aware that that can happen. Well, and Kendall, I know when you did that, didn't people come up to you afterwards and say, yeah. I am so thankful you had the courage to share that about yourself? Mm -hmm. I Yeah, I think for the comments that I get back, you know, it's not usually, wow, you just put together the most tightly run meeting I've ever, you know, been to or something. Those aren't the things that I get feedback on. The things I've gotten feedback on is thank you for sharing and being real and honest. And that's what, as leaders, we should be setting the tone. And we should be encouraging each other after times like that when one of us has shared something that seems really vulnerable. And recognizing that that's a time where you get really reflective and the enemy can really work with that. So to protect yourselves and be open with each other and, and just say even afterwards, let me pray a moment with you about that and pro protect you from the judgment or criticism you feel for yourself. Right. And you're right. That's a reminder to the rest of us as listeners. If somebody has taken a step towards being vulnerable and sharing their story, we have a response ability. The ability to respond. To and it is. Other. If somebody has put themselves out there, please don't leave them hanging. We all know what that feels like. Just a few comments of people saying thanks for sharing can restore a lot of that um, regret you might feel. Right. So we've shared um, some of how we do this in our own group. So what are some other things we've done? Around our tables and discussion groups, we've offered questions that trigger story answers. For instance, what expectation did you bring into mothering that has shaped your mothering? Or what has surprised you most about your mothering? Or maybe even, uh, what is the way that you were mothered that has shaped your mothering? So it requires them or encourages them to go into their past a little bit and think about the kind of way the kind of ways they were mothered mm -hmm. and and they answer that in story form right and the truth is who was the greatest question asker of all time Jesus I mean that is how he would get people to think he could have answered questions but he would ask questions right and you know Jesus also in parables is really our model for storytelling to make points well, and I think of another question I really like is, how has your mothering changed who you are? And for a faith-type question, is how has your faith shaped your mothering? 
and that can be one that a leader answers up front as an example to set the tone for the way they might answer the question. Or how has your mothering shaped your faith? Right. <laughs> and that's true. I've yeah. learned yeah. a lot about the fruits of the Spirit, that if I want to be patient, I cannot go at it on my own. I have to abide. And that can be a story that we don't have enough of our own source of patience um, or kindness or any goodness, um, that that only comes in abiding in the source of all of those um, all of those things. Well, we're abiding in our relationship with Jesus because it is out of the overflow of that that we uh, have what we have to offer our kids or our families or our friends. So another thing we've done in our group, um, just kind of to wrap us up and get you all thinking, because we want to hear from you, um, how you get to know each other through story. But we, um, at one of our first or probably our second meeting, we had everyone bring a paper bag with three things in it. And then each discussion group table got together and they, you know, would pull these things out of their bag and each item represented something in their life that ultimately is told in story form. It's a great way to get to know each other. That really was fun. There was one mom who forgot her bag, so she just reached into her purse. Her purse became her bag. She brought out, I think, a diaper, a um, business card, and, oh gosh, I can't even remember what the, I mean. Right. I mean, those are ways. It, oh, I know. It was her driver's license, and she said, I haven't ever put my real weight on my driver's license. <laughs> we can all identify with that. Um, well, these are fun things to be thinking about, and we would love to hear from you and the responses, um, how you use the element of story in your own groups and how that has grown your relationships deeper and how moms are able to feel known and loved through that. So, Carol, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.